0: What's up, ExLearners? Welcome back to my channel. I'm so happy that you're here. In this video, we are talking about ways to wow your audience. How do you get them to say wow instead of ow? <laughs> Six awesome strategies for you that you can start right away. Stay tuned. I want you to think back to a time when you were in the audience and you had to listen to a pretty darn boring speech. Hmm. So you probably don't remember it because it was that insufferable. We usually remember speeches that are meaningful and impactful. Those are the ones that we want to replicate in the sense of its style and delivery and effectiveness. Now, on the flip side, if you're the speaker and you have the tendency of reading off your note card or even worse, an actual speech, or maybe you're reciting numbers from an Excel chart, then you're probably going to want to stick around for this one. It almost seems obvious, right? The speech that's given in a super dull, boring way is just a snooze fest waiting to happen. And we don't want anyone hitting snooze when we're the one giving the talk, right? I don't even know what's worse. If you're the one giving the talk in a super boring way, or if you're the audience having to listen to that talk. Regardless, we're talking about how you as a speaker can improve your delivery skills so that you can give the audience a wow speech. Don't put your audience to sleep by droning on and on and on and bombarding them with superfluous facts. Nobody wants to listen to that. The question then becomes, how do I captivate my audience so that they actually pay attention, not just at the beginning when I hook them with an exciting way of starting, but for the entire duration of the talk? How do I do that? Here's how. Number one, the so what. Answer, the so what. You know what follows so what? Da, da, da. Why should I care? So for this, you have to speak to the audience's interest. but. If you don't know the audience there's no way you can figure out what they're interested in so do the research beforehand figure out who these people are are they from the same speech community are they on the same team are they from the same department as you do they belong to certain associations that you're part of anything that you can learn about the audience is vital because that will help you prepare your speech really well in a way that's going to engage them, get them interested and have them connect with you on multiple levels. And all this information combined about who they are and what they love is going to help answer that. So what question for you, because you're the one who's going to answer that so that they're not going to have to scratch their heads wondering what's this. So what, why should I care about this talk? How does it affect me? Right? So that is the idea behind the so what and how you're gonna answer the so what question. Number two, find the fracas. The reality is that we as humans are hardwired to love storytelling. We love telling stories, we love listening to stories. That's our jam. And so if you think about it, I want you to pay attention to the story arc or the narrative arc, right? The most exciting part of that is the climax. That's where the conflict happens. That's where the tension is, right? So we like stories that have that. It's not just a story that's super happy all the time, right? That's actually pretty darn boring and monotone. We like the excitement. What are the challenges that person has to overcome? What are the obstacles that get in their way? It makes the story all the better, right? So pay attention to that and use it in your own speech. Talk about the fracas. Talk about the conflict. Talk about the tension. That is what makes the story interesting. When the story unfolds and you come to the conflict, you want to know more. So bring your listeners on a roller coaster ride with you. They'll be thrilled that you did. Number three, make it a sensory experience. And by this, I mean find ways of engaging all five senses. Think about using descriptive language. Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences theory helps us understand that people learn differently. They process data and information differently. So if we can engage multiple senses while telling a story or giving information or trying to persuade somebody, then we'll get more people engaged because again, Everybody has a different way of learning and retaining information and processing what you tell them. There's no one-size-fits-all with teaching and learning and receiving information and, you know, registering it. So what we have to do here then is engage all five senses to get everyone in the audience able to hold on to something and take away something from your talk. When you share a concept or an abstract idea, you want everyone in the audience to follow you. Never, ever leave anyone in the audience behind. You want to be as inclusive as possible, and it goes back to knowing your audience, but also knowing that everyone is able to learn differently. So what should you do? Engage all five senses. The more descriptive the language, the easier the audience will find it to paint the picture in their mind's eye. And the more visceral the image, the easier it is to grasp an abstract concept or idea. Bottom line, sensory language, which appeals to our five senses, can help inform, educate, entertain, and persuade us, which makes it for a more fun and interactive speech. Instead of saying, Jim has bad posture, What you could say instead is Jim has the posture of an old man, his crooked neck forming a 90 degree angle with his shoulders. That's so much more powerful than just saying Jim has bad posture. Number four, the magic of metaphors. Metaphors are a poetic device, but they're also really effective when you want to describe something that is not very easy to grasp. Metaphors and analogies are like magic. They allow you to imagine something in your mind's eye and you get this visceral image of something that was once abstract and really difficult to understand. And it also makes you feel like you're experiencing that thing right then and there in the moment. For example, if I'm talking about fear of public speaking or stage fright, I might say something like fearing the stage is like eating a grasshopper. It's not going to hurt you, but it sure is scary. (laughs) Right? So that's kind of funny if you think about it. Speaking too quickly is like over whipping your eggs. You get to the same place, but the outcome is not as good. Communicating across cultures is like building a bridge. It allows ideas to travel across borders. For this, I would suggest coming up with your own. Don't resort to using a cliche metaphor because the audience is not gonna remember that. They'll understand what you're talking about, but again, we wanna wow the audience. So come up with your own and test it out on your friends and see if they get what you're trying to say. Find ways of jumpstarting the audience's imagination. They'll find it more interactive and they'll appreciate you and your speech that much more. Number five, spice it up. With your voice, that is. Your voice is an instrument, so play it. There's no need to be monotone and robotic. That is the easiest surefire way of putting your audience to sleep. So we want to avoid that, obviously. Don't tune your audience out. That's definitely out to my ears if I'm listening to somebody who's just speaking in a monotone voice without any intonation rise or fall, right? So don't do it. Don't do it. So what do we do instead? We alter the tone of our voice, the volume, the speed that throws curveballs here and there, and it makes the speech unpredictable because you, they want to listen to you. They want to listen to the rise and falling intonation, the prosody, which is your intonation, and just what you can do with your voice and how low you can go and how high you can go, right? The other way you can spice it up is with variation, but also with humor. You might choose to incorporate it, a joke or a funny story, or self-deprecating humor if that's your jam, but any way that you can get the audience to laugh is a really, really good thing. A side note can also help turn a speech that's predictable into unpredictable, and that's what we want. A technique that speech coaches like to use is called salting. That's when you ask the audience a question that they want to know the answer to, and you address it at some point in the speech. But just be careful of this because if you promise the audience that you're going to answer a question for them, then you make sure you do. Don't forget to answer that question. Number six, real talk. Sometimes the speaker can appear intimidating to the audience. Maybe that's because you're super successful or you're a famous person, or maybe you have confidence that you're exuding and it's just oozing from your pores. Whatever is the root of that intimidation doesn't really matter. The takeaway from this is that If your audience finds you intimidating, they're not going to connect with you. They're not going to find you relatable or approachable and they're going to zone out. So what do you do in this case? Give them some real talk. So what's real talk? Well, you can reveal a struggle or a snafu that you encountered along your path to success. You're revealing a vulnerable and very human side to you. The idea behind this is to make yourself approachable, relatable, and to show that you're just like them and they can connect with you all the better. Alright, Explainers, I hope you enjoyed this video. Follow these strategies and you're on your way to becoming a super fly speaker. And the next time you find yourself in front of an audience, try out these six tips. And see which ones work for you and how you can wow the audience. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already for more videos like this one. I'll see you in my next video. Happy exploring!